Okay, now, grab your seats. We are thrilled you're here. A couple of just fun announcements. We've got Mr. Don Matthews right here who just turned 90 this week. Would you give it up for Don Matthews? What a legend. Every time I see him, I say, you inspire me. I want to be like you. 90 years old, driving to church. Hey, we got Mr. Bob right here. Bob, are you 94 or 95? 95. Holy smokes. What these two men have seen in 90 and 95 years and driving themselves to church, getting ice cream on the way to Friday night. Men of God, we bless you and we want to be like you. Yes, amen. We've got a couple friends here from Japan who are here in the third row and they're undertaking an incredible evangelistic uh, work in Asia, all across Asia. So they're over here for some prayer and for some refueling. And so tonight, would you welcome our friends from Japan who are here? And the third thing that I wanna say before I read the text is that um, I'm preaching this for you double, double dippers. I'm preaching this again on Sunday, so don't say I didn't tell you, okay? Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we are in week eight going through our series on the Holy Spirit. So we started the year talking about God the Father for eight weeks, and then God the Son for eight weeks leading up to Easter, and after Easter picked up talking about God the Holy Spirit. So here we are in week eight, and I wanna talk tonight about some of the spiritual gifts. And what I wanna say to you in advance is that we're gonna be just fine. <laughs> I don't know what history you have. I don't know what rooms you've been in. I don't know if, you have, if that's a negative thing for you or a positive thing for you, but I'm here to just say, I'm gonna read to you from the Bible, okay? These gifts are in the Bible. We'll say, come Holy Spirit and talk to us and challenge us and shape us, but I'm not here to disturb anyone tonight, so just take a deep breath. If that scares you, we're gonna be fine. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians 12. This Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, marking the time when the Spirit was poured out. Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father and the Spirit is poured out at the upper room, Acts chapter one and Acts chapter two. So we're celebrating Pentecost weekend here. So here, 1 Corinthians 12 from the Apostle Paul, he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. The Spirit is given. The manifestation of these gifts is given for the common good. Not so that someone can be famous. Not so that we can build brands. Not so that we can be big dogs. But so that the people can be well. And he goes on to say, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, the gift of faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And to another, prophecy. And to another, distinguishing between spirits. And we've talked about all of these gifts that I have mentioned here in the last 18 months. I know we've covered them. But I haven't covered in a sermon these last two gifts. And this is what we'll talk about tonight. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. 
And all these are the work, all of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God, let's pray. We say, come Holy Spirit. If this is the Daniel Grothy show, we are in trouble. If this is the New Life brand, we are in trouble. But if the people of God gathered in your presence will hear from the spirit of the living God, we will be just fine. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, have your way here. May we decrease so that you might increase. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us in the unique way that you want to talk to us tonight, Lord. We pray, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our strength and our redeemer, and I pray these things tonight in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said again, amen. When we hear these gifts, most of us in the room will have some kind of reaction in one direction or the other. As I said earlier, uh, there's a couple different extremes when we talk about the gifts of speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues. What, what is that? Uh, we, we've got one extreme is we overemphasize these gifts as like the premier gifts. That if you were really spiritually mature, if you really knew the Lord, I mean like all that stuff like the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge and the gift of faith and the gift of healing, all that, oh bless their little hearts. But if you were really a follower of Jesus, then you would have these gifts and you would operate in them. And there's kind of a flamboyance that comes. And sometimes a showmanship. I, I, I grew up in, in settings where it wasn't unusual to see someone borrow these gifts to be great. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, my parents showed me a, a healthy expression of these gifts. And uh, so it was, there are certain camps that will overemphasize this gift and make everyone else who, who is unsure about it or everyone else who doesn't operate in it make them feel less than and make them feel stupid. And I'm just here to say tonight, no. <laughs> there, are, there are other people who, maybe because of a theological background or a training that they were given uh, or because of the pain of the misuse of these gifts, would completely ignore these gifts. Things happened in the past, uh, these gifts, they, they wouldn't say that they didn't happen. They'd say, yeah, that's in the Bible, I, I agree. But uh, very often you'll hear people say that when the last apostle died, these gifts kind of closed up. That was a moment. It was, it was a, an era in church history and it was great and it was fantastic, but, but that closed up with the death of the last apostle and we're a little bit smarter than that today. Some, some will take it to this degree. And kind of were a little more sophisticated and, and that was kind of a primitive people. And, and so we completely ignore these gifts in, in another camp. But the problem is you end up missing out on gifts that are meant to strengthen the body of Christ. And ultimately the problem is they're in the Bible. <laughs> and so we don't get to pick and choose what we're comfortable with. We've got to open all the sticky pages of the scripture and deal with what the text says. So what I want tonight to do is first answer the question some of you are saying, now, okay, I'm with you. Tell me where they are in the Bible. So uh, Jesus is getting ready to ascend and there's 500 people gathered on the mountaintop with him and it's this epic scene and Jesus is gonna ascend to the right hand of the Father and Jesus says in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. 
Jesus has still got scars in his hands from being hung up on the tree. Jesus has still got scars on his back. He's just been through it, but he came out okay on Sunday morning. And Jesus is getting ready to go to the Father, and he says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, and they will speak in new tongues. Emphasis there tonight, because that's what we're talking about. Jesus says, that this will happen as a part of the common believer's experience. It wouldn't be uncommon for a believer to find themselves in a situation where they gotta drive out a demon in the name of Jesus and bring peace back to someone, and they might find themselves speaking in tongues. Jesus says, get ready. Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the, the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting in the upper room. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 120 people, Jesus had told them, wait in Jerusalem. You're gonna go to the ends of the earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost bounds. But before you do that and race off and think that you've got what you need, wait. And so here they are huddled with the door locked they're afraid, they're looking over their shoulders, what's happening, Jesus just went away from us and we thought that he was the ticket and now we're alone. And in the upper room, all of a sudden, the house starts shaking, blowing violent wind comes into the house and all of them begin speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 10, a third text that I want you to see. While Peter was speaking these words, he now has gone to Judea and Samaria and is racing to the uttermost bounds of the earth. While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Like, what? Oh my gosh, something is happening here. The kingdom is for everyone. And it says at the end of this text, for they heard them speaking in tongues, the Gentiles, the outsiders, the people who don't know this story, the people who didn't memorize Torah growing up. The Holy Spirit is poured out and the, the Jews heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The final text I want you to see, Acts chapter 19. I'm just trying to build a case here for those of you who are like, uh, I, I've never heard this or can you, can you show me where this is? It says, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied and there were about 12 men in all. For just a sampling that I could give you of where this comes from the scriptures and uh, some of you are going, okay, it's in the Bible, but what are these gifts about and what did they do? I wanna say three things tonight, two about speaking in tongues, two things about speaking in tongues and one thing about the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Are you with me so far, church? Okay. The first thing that I wanna say about speaking in tongues is that the gift of speaking in tongues is an invitation to intercede with the Holy Spirit. Creation right now, in every moment of every day that you've ever been alive, creation has been groaning. Romans 8 says this, Paul makes this beautiful case and he says that creation has been fractured since the beginning when Adam and Eve took the story into their own hands and by the way, Adam and Eve is in all of us until they get driven out. <laughs> creation is groaning because sin fractures the world and you turn to Genesis 4 and Cain kills his brother Abel, strikes down from the same womb. We've got murder and violence and hatred and evil 
And from that point, there's been this ripple effect where, where, where sin has gone out and produced chaos and creation itself is groaning because of the work of darkness. We've got earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and famines and shootings and we've got modern day slavery, not just around the world, but on the I-25 corridor, people selling people into slavery. God, have mercy on us. And Paul says creation has always been groaning since that time, waiting for, for creation to be healed, waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed, waiting for Jesus to split the eastern sky on that white horse with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise and we who are left and remaining will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Comfort one another with these words. That's what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4. Creation is waiting for it to be made right. Come Lord Jesus. The Spirit is always interceding and yearning and working as we wait for that new creation to be revealed. Paul says that the Spirit is that kind of low, guttural groan, the hum of the universe where where the Spirit is saying it is going to be made right one day. And all of us, animate, inanimate, humans and creational objects, we're saying, come Lord Jesus. Jesus, And so when we pray in the Spirit, what we're doing is we're, we're entering into the invitation to intercede with the Holy Spirit for all things to be made right. I heard the story of a lady who grew up in circles like mine, Pentecostal, charismatic, and she saw some of the worst of it. And she was wounded by it. And my heart breaks when I hear these stories. Thankfully, my parents protected me from it. But I know it was right there. It was right there. This girl got the brunt of it. And she made these inner vows. I'll never. I will never. And she went away from Jesus for many years. And then when she came back to Jesus, she kind of stayed on the periphery and made sure she found a place where they weren't gonna talk about these things or they weren't gonna practice these things because it was just too much and it was too painful. And these are tools to, to destroy people. This is how she felt it because she had experienced it that way. And I can't blame her. She grew and was married and her and her husband weren't, un, they were unable to conceive biologically, but they said, you know what, we want children and we wanna make our home a safe haven for kids. And so they signed up for foster care to, to be a foster family. And finally they got that call. They, it was an 18 month process and did all the paperwork and their home was approved and you know checked it, all the stuff. And, and finally they got that 2 a.m. phone call, we have your first placement. And they were so excited. And then they go into to the office the next morning and they meet this child whose parents, mother and father, biological parents, both of them went to prisons. And this child has no siblings and no family unit. Mom and dad, the two important people in this kid's life are both in separate prisons and this kid is not gonna see his parents for years. And this kid naturally is grieving and heartbroken but can't articulate the pain. It's just, just acting out and sobbing and breaking down like any of us would do in that same situation. And one night this, this kid comes out of his room, his safe room in a beautiful home and walks into his foster parents' bedroom just sobbing and climbs up in the bed. And this lady just tucks him under and just is weeping with him. And she said, out of nowhere, after 20 years, I just started praying in tongues over this kid. 
She said, I had made inner vows about this. I had watched this wound people. I had watched this wound me. I would watched people build platforms on this stuff and fly around on private jets because of these gifts and because of their charisma. They took the charismata, the actual clean, beautiful gifts that were meant to strengthen the body of Christ and work for the common good, and they built their own brands. And she said, I had swore that off. And she said, late in the midnight hour with my new foster child after 20 years of inner vows, here I am, and I have no, just the switch flips, and I am groaning with the spirit of the living God for this boy's life to be made right. She said, I didn't have that control. I, did, I didn't choose to do that. That's what came up out of me by the spirit of the living God. Praying in tongues is an invitation by the spirit to intercede for creation to be made. Right, so when we pray in tongues, we're entering into the groan of creation with the gift of intercession. The gift of speaking in tongues is the invitation to carry the pain of the world into the presence of God and to unite with the Spirit for all things to be made right. The second thing that I wanna say about the gift of speaking in tongues is that it provides the personal release through, the plumbing, through plumbing the depths of the unconscious. The gift of speaking in tongues provides personal release through plumbing the depths of the unconscious. Now, I wanna I try to see if I can demonstrate this just a little bit tonight, and, and I'm no artist, so just bear with me, but here's a kind of a rectangular box. I wanted it to be a box, but it's a rectangular box, and I'm gonna cut it in half. And up here, we've got the happy stuff. We've got success. We've got joy. We've got graduations. We've got uh, deals, you know, contracts, we've got money, we've got friendship, like all the good stuff. And, and up top, like happy, happy, joy, joy, right? Down here, we've got the valley of the shadow of death. We've got the despair, we've got sadness, we've got betrayal, we've got heartache, we've got funerals, we've got hospitals that we never wanted to go into, we've got terrible news in the news cycle. Like You understand up here is good stuff and down here is bad stuff. And sometimes over here, like we, we can say these things, we have articulation, we have words for these, for these feelings. But sometimes we hit little spots over here where it kind of leaks out to the side and we don't really know what to say. And so we say things like, if you only knew. Or I, I wish I could put it into words. Or over here we say things like, I, I, I can't even thank you enough. I just can't begin to express to you how much you've meant to me or how much your life has blessed me. So we know we can say certain things with pretty good accuracy, and we know that we, we, we kind of leak out over here into these realms where we're, we're kind of on the edge of language, but what I want to say to us tonight is to put the reality in front of us that all of us have experiences that are larger than our language. All of us have experiences that take us outside of what we are able to say. And praying in tongues is the Holy Spirit's invitation into a language that accounts for more than we can ever humanly say. 
So if we have this box here of what we can really clearly articulate, and then we have this kind of realm out here where we're kind of on the border of language, what I want to say is that speaking in tongues is this like invitation into a world of language that we are not in control of, but that gives us an account for the experiences that leak way out here to the edges that we just don't even know. The best we can do is groan. The best we can do is, is, is sob. The best we can do is just, have you ever just had that moment where it's just like, oh. I remember being at Eugene Peterson's funeral and dang it, I'm crying. Guy who meant so much to me for 10 years and 10 trips out to his house and phone calls and letters and he, he found me at a terrible moment in pastoral ministry and he stood me back up and he gave me a vision for a long obedience in the same direction and 85 years old, I see Don and Ruthann out here and Don and I were at Eugene's funeral together. We had breakfast that morning, Don Pape. <laughs> what, what was funny, his name is Don Pape. Is, what did you think I said? What? Don paid, Don paid for breakfast. Don paid, paid for breakfast. Thank you, Don, for paying for breakfast. I was like, what was funny about Pape? Jeez, can I get an interpretation of that tongue? Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting in Eugene's funeral with my friends and I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, I'm sad, I'm gonna miss him. It feels like the world has changed with his absence. But at the end of the service, Eric Peterson, Eugene's son, who's been a pastor for 30 plus years, starts reading 2 Corinthians chapter four out of the message translation that Eugene translated. And he rips into 2 Corinthians four and you all, I doubled over and just, broke, like I, I don't have that switch. I wasn't in control of that moment. I didn't try. I wasn't like, man, God, it would be great if I could have just a little moment here and release that. No, it, like, it, was, it, I, it happened to me by the Spirit of God. And I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed and I was heaving and, and I was quiet. I kept it together. I didn't embarrass anyone. They didn't ask me to leave, but it, it it was, a, it was a guttural groan in the spirit. It was out here at the edges of language. I, I could say things about Eugene and I could express some joy and I could express some sadness, but in that moment, I was like in the spirit realm that, that was, it, the spirit gave me the gift of language that I didn't have access to. And what happens when you tip over into that moment is that it begins to plumb the depths of the unconscious. Like the things that you, are, you know are in you but you can't quite get there because you got alligator arms and you can't reach deep enough and you're trying and you're trying, you're trying to process and you're journaling and gosh, I wanna tell stories about it but, but you can only go so far down into the human experience with your own language, with your own experience but somehow, someway, the spirit of God rushes in and pulls up out of you grown that words cannot express. And what happens is it's, it's a form of intercession, yes, but it also heals the human being. Talk to any therapist. Like, th this, is, this is the language of the therapeutic. I remember watching the trial of the heartbreaking story at Mother Emmanuel, African Methodist Episcopal Church 
in Charleston, South Carolina, the, the oldest black church in South Carolina. And years ago in 2015, a, a, a young white kid came to the door and knocked on a Wednesday and there was a Bible study with nine people going on and they said, sure, you can come in, that's great. And he sat with them for an hour in the Bible study. And they prayed for him and they were kind to him and hospitable and what's your name? And at the end of the Bible study, he kills all nine of them. You remember this story, Mother Emmanuel AME? And Dylan Roof was arrested that day and taken to court and at the court date, the final day, the final hearing, the judge says to the family who lost their loved ones, and Dylan Roof is right there, the killer. And the judge says, I want you to have a chance to speak to the, to the man who changed your life. And you can watch the video, I've watched it multiple times, one by one, each of the nine families begin to speak to him. You hurt me, you changed my life forever, you took away my mother, you took away my son, you, they named him, you took away my loved one, and I, my life will never be the same but they started interceding and you could hear people in the background praying in tongues in the courtroom, heaving and sobbing, oh. And they said, we pray God's salvation over your soul, Dylan. Intercession, groans that words can't express. We pray God saves you. You destroyed us, we pray God deliver you. But you know what also happened in that moment? The spirit gave them language that they didn't have. And they're praying in the spirit and they're aching and they're wailing and they're sobbing and, and any of us would be too. So they interceded for Dylan's salvation and somehow, some way, the oil of the spirit of God touched them in a way that was balm for them, that, that healed, that plumbed the depths of the unconscious that they didn't have access to. Friends, speaking in tongues takes us into intercession and speaking in tongues, when you tip over into this moment, there are moments of deep therapeutic healing for the soul that only the spirit can touch. And that happens as we open ourselves up to the spirit of God. I, uh, Anthony Thistleton, a great New Testament scholar, he's a British man, he said, insight and feeling or longing, at the deepest level of the heart, it needs an outlet. It needs to be released and the Holy Spirit gives the capacity, this is an Anglican scholar in England. The Holy Spirit gives the capacity to plumb the depths of the unconscious as the Spirit's gift to human beings. It's interesting that neuroscience has confirmed what Paul said 2,000 years ago in 1 Corinthians 12. They've done studies of people that were in a time of devotion and they were praying in the Spirit and they put on neuroimaging scanners, I don't know how the, all this works, but they hooked them up, they got wires all over them, and these people are praying and they're in their time of devotion with the scriptures, and they're praying in the spirit, and it says a study was done by the American Journal of Human Biology, found that speaking in tongues was associated with both a reduction in circulatory cortisol and enhancements in alpha amylase enzyme activity, two common biomarkers of stress reduction. It's interesting that scientists can go, you know, Paul wasn't too crazy. He's on to something there. The praying in the spirit, yes, it's a moment of intercession, but it's also a moment of deep therapeutic healing and stress. Like, the spirit wants to put us back together. The spirit wants to heal us. And in this age of anxiety, maybe the Holy Spirit has some gifts for us that we could recover. 
I've covered the personal dimensions of intercession for the world and personal release of deep emotion. But what about the articulation of interpretation of tongues, this final gift that we talked about? I wanna say one thing about it. The gift of the articulation of tongues or the interpretation of tongues creates corporate clarity through anointed articulation. Speaking in tongues, but Paul says, but there will be those who need to interpret it. It's not just getting up in public, and we don't do this in public, just, just firing away kind of haphazardly. He says, speak in tongues, but then if someone does that publicly, there needs to be an interpretation because the people of God need to know what the Spirit is saying as an action point to move forward. So what I want to say is the gift of the articulation of tongues or interpretation creates corporate clarity through anointed articulation. There are times in the life of every person, there are times in the life of every family and every church and every nation when clarity is needed. Like you need a word, you need to know what to do next. Why do certain speeches throughout history carry that certain extra authority on them? Like think about the Gettysburg Address, a moment of great national travail. Think about Martin Luther King Jr. on the steps of the, of the Lincoln Memorial, August 28, 1963, under the sweltering summer heat, and he stands up in front of 250,000 people on, the, on the, the mall there in Washington, and he says something that, that throws a reverberation into our nation. He says something that is ringing to this day. He's, he, I've listened to all of his sermons and speeches that have been recorded. Like, I've listened to all of them. I, I'm sort of a junkie of MLK Jr.'s work. But, but this speech, the I Have a Dream speech, it just sort of separated itself as a moment for our nation. What I believe happened is that Martin had been living in decades and his ancestors for centuries had been living in, in the groan of the Spirit. No, it's gotta change, what is going, no, this is not how God intended it. We are all made in the image of God, no. Martin Luther King Jr. was a prophetic no in a moment in time that our nation needed it. But this speech, what I, what, here's what I think happened. Decades of living in the groan of the spirit, and I'm so sad that he died at 39. What could he have done in 89 years? 39 years old, he stands up in this moment after decades of living in the groan of the spirit and praying in tongues and preaching and, and living in the ache of creation and all of a sudden the spirit galvanizes the moment, August 28, 1963, and his sermon, his, his speech that day was an interpretation of a tongue. What the spirit had been saying for, for years and finally Martin is able to articulate in this moment. He stands up with corporate clarity through anointed articulation. It was the summation of decades worth of groaning and finally the spirit says this is what I want to say to a people. I have a dream. Friends, it's great to have this moment of, of personal devotion, and I do this every day. I pray in the Spirit every day. I walk through this room every week, and I pray in the Spirit over this service, and I don't always know what I'm praying, and Paul says the mind is unfruitful, but the Spirit is edified, but somewhere during the week, the Spirit 
brings a word together so that we can actually stand up here and say, you know what, this is what I think the Spirit is saying to the church, and we go out from here as an empowered people. So personal devotion, but we've got to have a moment of corporate clarity. The gift of the interpretation of tongues, I want you to see that it's the Spirit's work to give us articulate speech that rises to meet the demands of the moment. And this isn't just for churches. Some of you are parents, and your family needs a word. Like you've been in a couple years of, of madness. You've been in a couple years of listlessness as a family. You've been in a couple years where there's just kind of confusion and chaos. And you, and, and you need to go to your prayer room and, and your closet and shut the door and fall on your knees and say, Spirit, what are you saying? But then you come out of that room and you stand before your people and you tell them what you've heard. from. There's a... There's a an articulation of speech. There's an interpretation of a tongue. There's a word that rises to meet the moment that we're in. It's the Spirit's gift to not just give us intercession and, and therapeutic release, but to, to actually give us a word for the people that are hitched to our lives. And so what I wanna say to you tonight is to press into the work of the Spirit and ask the Lord for a word for your people. Some of you go, most of you go into jobs where people, it's not a Christian company, people don't know the Lord and they don't give a, you know what. And they need you to show up on Monday morning with, with a word burning in your soul for them. With, with, with fire in your eyes, with joy in your heart, with love. So, so yes, pray for your people and intercede for your people and let the Spirit heal you to the depths of your being. But at some point, some, sometime along the way, you've gotta come out of your prayer closet with a word for the people around you. I have a dream and the Spirit has a dream for your life. Thus saith the Lord. Friends, the Spirit is not precious. The spirit will be our comforter, but the spirit is not afraid to step into the madness of life, and the spirit wants to stir you and stir me and then send us back into the world with the articulation of speech for all of the people who need to know what the Lord is saying. Will you ask him for it? Will you cry out for it? Will you press in for it? I wanna ask the question here as we're getting ready to close. How do we live in light of these gifts? Some of you go, yeah, thanks for showing me it in the Bible and thanks for kind of telling me what they do, but like, what do I do now? Say a couple things, there's a lot that I could say, but, but hopefully these will be encompassing. The first is welcome the full scope of the Spirit's work in every season and every situation. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of these gifts. That, like if you read it in the Bible and Paul says this is what the manifestation of the Spirit looks like, like you may not have history with that. You may not have access to that. You may have a lot of reading to do. You may kind of scratch your head, but don't screen the Holy Spirit out. If the Holy Spirit has gifts for us, welcome the full scope of the work of the Spirit in every season and in every situation. Every day get up and say, come, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this day is gonna hold and I don't know what conversations I'll stumble into and I don't know what the boss is gonna need from me and I don't know what my coworkers or the people that I oversee are gonna need from me, but come Holy Spirit and give me access to everything that I need to do the work you've called me to today. Open yourself to the full scope of the Spirit's work in every season and in every situation. Some of you were raised to mistrust these gifts and I just say to you, seek and search them out. 
I don't have a timeline for you. I'm not gonna twist your arm. I'm not gonna make you do something uncomfortable that, that, that makes you feel like you're being manipulated. If you'll just get in front of the spirit of God, he will do the work. So open, seek and search out the, the, the mysteries of the Holy Spirit and welcome the full scope of the work of the spirit. Some of you were raised around these gifts, but they've fallen into disuse. You maybe made inner vows like that gal who was wounded. And for those of you who've been wounded, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Something that was meant for the common good has been used as a weapon and I, I repent in the place of the people that did that to you. I'm sorry. But if the gifts have fallen into disuse, even though you've had access to them, I would just say, receive them afresh. Recover them tonight. Some of you remember being teenagers, like going for it. And here you are in your late 30s or 40s or, or 60s, whatever. And you just kind of, your life in the spirit has sort of slumped over. And I'm telling you, you don't have to live and die that way. You don't. At some point, it becomes a self-inflicted wound. So tonight, by the work of the Spirit, you can stand back up and go, look, I've got pain and I've got questions, and I got, but come Holy Spirit and stir the gifts of God that have been in me from my childhood. Stir that back up. Reignite the flame that has burned bright in me and give it back to me tonight. Come Holy Spirit. Friends, wherever you are on that storyline, I pray that you would welcome the full scope of the Spirit's work. The second thing and the final thing before we pray. So I'd say welcome wise friends and good guides that can help you grow in the life of the Spirit. Following the Holy Spirit is not singular work. It's not work that you do in isolation. It's not the work of spiritual heroes. It's not the work of lone rangers. It's the work of the community of God. It's given for the common good. And when I need a, a shot in the arm and I get with Barack and Ruth O'Call and they lay hands on me and they pray like only they can pray and I leave that setting and I'm a different human being. Welcome wise guides and people who know the spirit and have them teach you and show you along the way. I could go throughout the room of people who who can do this with you and for you. But friends, don't try to serve God alone. Gather with the saints, open your hearts, and let the body of Christ strengthen you and make you who you need to be. Church, what I want us to do tonight is to quiet our hearts. The band is gonna come. I've gone just a little bit longer than I normally do, but this is a different one. I needed to. So would you open your hands right there, maybe in your lap, and, and I want you tonight to look our Lord the Spirit in the eyes and to begin to have the conversation you need to have. We all are having different conversations. Some of you need to be stirred back in the power of the Spirit. You've been there, you've known it. You've experienced it, but you've grown cold. You've been wounded. You've gotten distracted, maybe. No shame. Talk to the Spirit tonight. Some of you are on the journey. This is brand new, and you're wide-eyed and maybe just a little bit mystified and like, whoa. Would you just say, come Holy Spirit? And on Monday morning, come Holy Spirit. And on Tuesday morning, come Holy Spirit. And on Wednesday morning, just... Begin to do business with God here and welcome the work of the Spirit.
Tonight, Lord, I pray that you would make us a people of intercession. When we think of that word, very often we think about intense people shouting. That's, that's not what, intercession doesn't have to look like that. We got 80-year-olds in this room who will intercede differently, and that's beautiful. Be your 80-year-old intercessor self. Some of you are 16 years old, and, 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 and you'll intercede in the way that you'll intercede. That's beautiful. You've got wide lanes. But Lord, I pray, make us a people of deep intercession. Make us a people that are willing to enter into the groan of creation. Make us a people who are willing to carry the pain of the world into the presence of God on a daily basis. We say, come Holy Spirit. Lord, for those of us who have deep wounds and hurt and, and we've only got limited language and we've limited ourselves to that language, I pray tonight that you would open up for us a language that gives us access to the kind of articulation and healing and experience that only you can lead us into. We say, Lord, heal us to the depths. Some people need their minds renewed tonight. Some people need their, their psyches healed. Some people need their emotions, their heart healed. Some people have memories that they're carrying. We say, come Holy Spirit and bring, bring balm, bring healing, bring, bring therapy to that place tonight. And Lord, I pray for all of us we all have people that we speak to. And I pray that you would give us the gift of the interpretation of the groan. That you'd give us the capacity to step into those moments with articulation, with a word, with encouragement, with life, with a holy provocation when we need it for all the people around us. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. Church, would you stand with me tonight? And if you'd get your communion elements ready to receive. If you don't have communion elements, raise your hand. Our team's gonna quickly come around the room. Right over here. Back here, Jonathan, on the left, my left. If you would open up your communion elements This is a moment where the Spirit is gonna do deep work in us, administer life and forgiveness and blessing, renewal to us. Jesus, on the night he's betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. Would you break that little wafer in your hands? He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. Saints, throughout the last 2,000 years of church history since Jesus hosted the Last Supper, they've said that this is a moment of adoring the Spirit. They call this the moment of adoration. Because somehow, way, the Spirit is able to quicken this moment and, and, and to make it so it's like we're sitting at the table with Jesus afresh. This isn't just remembering the past. By the work of the Spirit, this is participating in the gift that Jesus is giving us tonight. So the Spirit of God, feed us. Heal us. Renew us. I'm not gonna hype this moment. It's your work to do. So feed your people tonight. Jesus says, as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. You may receive the bread tonight.
on the same night. Jesus took the cup of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. It's given to heal those moments in the past. It's given to to address things that we don't have access to. Only Jesus can do this by his spirit. And so tonight, saints, you're being cleansed by the work of the Holy Spirit. You're being renewed. You're being forgiven. You're being rejuvenated tonight. You may receive the cup of salvation, forgiveness of your sins. Drink deeply of salvation tonight. Let's worship the Lord together. Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Spirit break out Break our
seed, but I just sense many of us need healing tonight. Healing from old wounds. Healing from old memories. Healing from betrayal. Healing from what we've heard and what we've seen. Healing tonight, Lord. To the deepest places. pray, Lord, that you'd make us this kind of people. Not just occasionally on Friday nights, but live this way. Think this way. Walk this way. Talk this way. Eat and breathe and sleep and pray and commune with you and with each other this way. The world needs it. The world needs a church. It's powerful. So, Lord, fill us with your spirit tonight. I pray, bless my friends and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, lift your countenance upon them and all of their people and grant them peace, we pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, can we give God thanks for what he's done here tonight? A couple things. Uh, I want to invite the prayer team down. Some of you want some follow-up extended prayer. We would love to pray with any of you who have those needs. Second thing, my parents are preaching next week, and it's going to be really fun. David and Becky Grothy. I know I'm biased, but I'm crazy about them, and they have something great to share. I've heard their notes. It's going to be beautiful, so come cheer them on. I'll be in Israel next week, uh, so give my parents your love next Friday night. 
Um, the last thing, if you're new, come see us at Guest Central in the back of the room. We'd love to give you a gift. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.